Welcome to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. Hey, that's me. Hi, and welcome to Positive Talk. Our show features the best positive stories and people from around the globe as we endeavor to answer the universal question of why am I here and what is my purpose? Understanding that can change everything and knowing your greatness is fundamental to living your best life. So join us right now as together we work to create the adventure of our lifetime. And welcome to the show, everybody. I hope that you're ready to create the adventure of your lifetime because we have a young lady with us who is in the process of doing all that and so much more. Her name is Janine Early. She's an actress, and we're going to find out all about her and so much more during the course of this interview because we're also going to be talking about what I think is a not not a unforgotten uh, area but a, an area that needs to be focused on more and that is today's community theaters in america uh, because we've got people thousands of people throughout the country who are putting on shows it's kind of like shirley temple and mickey rooney back in the day when they would say hey i got a barn i got some lights hey let's put on a show and that's what these people do and uh, so we're excited about talking to her, how she got to be where she's at, and uh, and the show she's in part of right now in, in Woodenville, Washington, as well as talking about the state of the art, as it were, with everyone around the country who's doing a very similar thing, not because they're getting rich, but because they're following their passion and their heart and they love what they do. Janine, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Well, it's awesome for you to be here. I know today you're probably a little bit tired because you just completed a weekend of shows um, in Woodenville, and um, you did a show on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I don't know if you did matinees, too. Uh, Sunday was a matinee, yes, Friday and Saturday night. Oh, so you had to get up early to repeat it and do it again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and repeat is kind of a a, 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 a good word uh, for this whole process because the play repeats itself a lot in different settings. Uh, what's the name of the play? Constellations by Nick Payne. And can you give us a thumbnail sketch of what it's about? Yeah, it's essentially, it's a love story. Uh, between two people. One uh, um, is a beekeeper and the other, the character I play, is um, a, a physicist. Uh, and it, it takes a look at their relationship through different lenses. It, it deals with the concept of multiple universes. And so the choices, uh, you know, however small they might be at times, can really uh, influence, can direct uh, where where we go in our future and that's how it takes a look at these two characters i think that's a wonderful premise yeah yeah because if you if uh you believe that the choices you make in life dictate what happens to you um or what what direction i shouldn't say what happens to you because you are in a little bit of control of what happens to you but but if you take different aspects of your life and you look at something that changes then uh it uh it can it can be a big deal 
and it can it can change the direction of of what happens even if it's a small change it can mushroom out over time to become a big change is that kind of what the premise of the story is absolutely absolutely and our director in his curtain speech each night reads a quote from the play which are the words of the character i play in the quantum multiverse every choice every decision you've ever and never made exists in an unimaginably vast ensemble of parallel universes isn't that interesting in yeah I, now where, where did you run across this player where did the director run across this play and what what chose him to decide to do this particular uh, piece well my acting partner in this this is just a two character play and uh he brought it to my attention and then we together brought it to the attention of yelmer anderson who's the director at heart rep and he took a look at it and and signed on and that's how we got started with it now you've been in the acting arts for a while tell us how how long you've been doing it did you start this as a child and in front of family and friends do uh some acting and stuff or was there a moment in time when you said yeah i'll try that yeah you know i was always um attracted to theater i was one of those kids who snuck up out of bed late at night and turn the tv on and watch the old black and white movies uh just inside me um and then uh i studied it in college i had a an incredible high school mentor and studied theater in college and with directing as my um, focus and um after college uh i did i did a little bit of work for a few years and then it just became i, I couldn't give it my you know 200 percent because i had a child and a full-time job and i i just couldn't i couldn't balance that and feel good about the theater work i was doing so i left it for about 30 years about 10 years ago it had always been on my mind and i had always wanted to get back to it and so about 10 years ago i started taking classes again just starting at the very basic level and uh found myself really enjoying acting and that's kind of where it took off after about four or five years of classes i started auditioning and it's been a fantastic ride isn't it interesting how you can love something that's an early part of your life but because of circumstances and the way our society works and you've got to earn a living and 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 then you know everybody tells you you got to have the kids and you got to have the house and the picket fence and the dog and the cat and so you tend to at one point in time put away the things in your life that could really make a difference for you uh, because you can't do everything all at once and and it, being a real quality actor is a commitment to make it is a commitment and it's you have to be all in it really you know it it deserves to be a passion it needs to be a passion and um it, it's just a marvelous thing. I'm thankful every time I walk into a rehearsal space or on the stage in front of an audience and I am not going to cheat them, not ever. I'm too thrilled to be there. And it, you know, the way I look at it is, it's a, really is an honor for you to be up there on stage. Now, keep in mind, because I've, I've run the gamut, 
I, I spent a year in community college in theater and I had one, one play that I was in. I had no lines, none, mm -hmm. but it was a physical comedy. And so there were points in time and the way that I could act would then provide the audience with something to giggle at. And then I did Fiddler on the Roof. I was Lazar Wolf the Butcher. And that was another type of acting. And then I did uh, Petruchio in Taming of the Shrew, and which is another type of acting <laughs> altogether because it was Shakespeare. And there was like 50 pages of dialogue to learn and to remember and stuff. So I've run the gamut. Have you, and if so, what is your favorite type of acting to be? Do you like the, the shorter, impactful roles? Do you like the lead? What, what, is, what turns your, your motor, if you will? Character acting. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I just love physical, quick um, theater for, or, for, you know, uh, uh, pieces for me. That's, that's, that's what I really enjoy. And, but they are also impactful pieces. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you know, it's like when I did Laser Wolf the Butcher. Now, he was a secondary role. Uh, he wasn't Tevia and he wasn't uh, one of the children, but he um, had an impact on the show. And if he did it well, which I was told I did it well, um, you could you you can uplift the show and it can be very impactful and then you get to go sit in the green room while everybody else is sweating and you're already <laughs> done your work that that's that's true too and you know the camaraderie between actors and and the artistic staff is just also another another wonderful thing about theater it's so collaborative and the relationships that are built, you you reach a level of intimacy with people that you just ordinarily wouldn't. And it's not like writing a book or painting a painting because it is so collaborative. And that's another beauty, I think, in the practice of theater. Well, it's interesting because uh, I was playing against Tevia. Now, I call it scene four, which is the two life scene. And it's the, in Laser or in uh, Fiddler on the Roof. And we're in a bar. And uh, Tevia and uh, Lazar Wolf are together. And Lazar Wolf is going to ask for his uh, Tevia's daughter's hand in marriage. But Tevia thinks he wants to buy a horse. And so we have this whole conversation about, about that. And uh, But when you are in a theater and there are 300 people, it was a dinner theater. So there were 300 people there. And the it's almost like, for me, it was like I no longer existed that I now was this character and was acting upon what the other character was doing. And then we sang this song and, um, and Tev the Tevi who the gentleman who's playing Tevia uh, had a real good voice, but we had never practiced harmony before. And so during this song on stage, he suddenly broke into uh, the harmony and I was singing the melody and it was like, wow i had no idea i could even do that but it was you know you and we became good friends and the entire ensemble team 
it became very important to everybody. It's like I played football. It's very similar to that. It's a team, and you d depend upon every piece of the team to make it work. Is that how it is for you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, again, I, I, I think that's just a, an, another element of the, the wonderfulness and, and the community service that it brings to the world is that you these relationships are created. They are um, uh, usually lifelong uh, if you've, you know, depending on kind of the size of your project, obviously, but it's it's a wonderful thing. It really is. It's also one of those things that as you are heading off to sleep at night and you remember what it was like to be on stage and and you, you, you're proud of the performance you put in, it really is a nice way to go to sleep, I do have to say. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I'm, I'm probably the type of person who's running in my head what, what went awry. But uh, on stage, <laughs> and there's always something. If not, that's unusual. But that's also, you know, I, one of the things I love about live theater is that um, anything can happen. It's live, and you gotta you gotta go with it. But to your point earlier, um, when you really feel that you're inhabiting that character, you're in that moment. You're living their circumstances. You're making their choices. Uh, then uh, it, it's actually a really kind of freeing and can be a fun experience to have things go awry up there. <laughs> that has been that has been my most recent experience, and I am so so happy that um, that's the way it is working for me these days. As a younger actor, it was positively um, horrifying, um, and now it's just you know, let's see where this goes. We'll get this back on track. No big deal. This is now, fun. I've told this story before, but it, it it is a funny story. And so I'd like to repeat it if I can. May I? Oh, please do. I was doing uh, Lazar Wolf. And at the beginning of scene four, Lazar Wolf is down front in, in, the, in the stage. And uh, over to my right shoulder was where the bar was. And that was where Reb Mortka was supposed to be. And my line is, I turn to Reb Mortka and say, Reb Mortka, a bottle of your best brandy. And he's supposed to say um, something along the lines of, yes, yes, uh, Lazar Wolf, I'll get you the best I have in the house kind of thing. And uh, we had a stage director. He was the nighttime director, but he was also the stage hand for this particular show. And these were the days when the curtain was hand done. It wasn't an electric curtain, and you didn't have to just push the button. The guy would go over there, and he'd pull the, pull the uh, pulley, and the curtain would open. So the curtain was closed, and Joe walks in front of me to where the, um, um, the curtain was to open it. And uh, I look, and I look over my right shoulder, and Reb Morka's not there. <laughs> And I say, Joe, Joe, wait, wait, Reb Mortka, he's not there. Joe gave me the slyest smile <laughs> and, <laughs> and said, my boy, you're just going to have to deal with it and open the curtain. 
And <laughs> so I was standing there, and, uh, and so basically I just – what had happened was the guy who was playing Reb Morka was sitting in the green room because the song that was played, it was like um, Sunrise Sunset or something that was just before that. He was sitting there admiring the song. Oh, what oh, a yeah. great song that is. <laughs> and instead of getting in position – for him being on the stage, he forgot that he was supposed to be there. So he was just sitting there. And so I yelled at the top of my voice, Red Morka! And you could hear him because the green room was in the back of the theater. And there was a hallway that ran along the theater to get to the stage. And you could hear somebody running to down the hall to, <laughs> to get there. Oh, Laser Wolf, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and, and stuff. And so then it continued. But I got the biggest kick out of Joe, the stage guy, that, that was like, oh, here we are. This is live theater. You're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, doing a little improv work and stuff helps, I think, can help an actor uh, kind of fly by the seat of their pants in their moments. Um, so I'm thankful for the little bit of stuff I've done in that regard. But one of the funniest times I always recount with uh, actresses I was on the stage with when I work with them again or, or see them is we had a scene there were I think four of us actresses around, um, we were about to eat some biscuits and we had kept the biscuits backstage. Uh, they were, you know, they were fresh biscuits. We were gonna eat them on stage. Um, and with marmalade and butter and they, we brought them onto the stage and sat them down and we all picked up our biscuit and went to take a bite and they were completely covered in ants. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I tease and say we were picking ants out of our teeth for days after that scene. <laughs> oh, can you, if you have not done theater, I can, you can only imagine because you really have no choice. It's in the script, and it's it's part of the main part of the thing. You really have to, <laughs> you, you have to do something with it. And, uh, and and speaking of which, I am so glad that you brought up improvisational acting, because I believe, and if you are a mom or a dad out there, and you are listening to this, I implore you, I beg you, I heartily beg you, and I think uh, Janine will agree with me. Um, improvisational acting is key to being able to be confident in yourself and to be able to think quickly and to and to act on your feet which translates into a billion different places a sales career a management career standing in front of people and talking it is a huge benefit do you agree with that i i, I absolutely do i do yeah and it's the process of you can't negate something. It's yes and, yes and. You know, someone hands you uh, something on the stage in an improvisation and you don't know what the heck you're going to do with it. Well, you got to do something with it. You can't hand it back and you can't push it away or disregard it. You got to say yes and and take it and move from there. So it keeps things on a positive note. Uh, it keeps things moving forward in, 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 a, in a good active way and that just and, and being able to just fly by the seat of your pants being able to just pick that up and go with it and take it into different directions and see what happens to it uh again i think i think the positivity is the message there 
I really do. I think I think that's what keeps it fun and uplifting and again active in a good way. And we need to take a quick break, but there's one other aspect of improvisational acting that I think is key to living your best life. And when we come back from this break, I'm going to talk to you and Janine is going to talk to you about the art of listening. Oh. We're be... <laughs> See, I told you we'll be, we'll be right back after this real quick break. They have your eyes, they have your ears, they have your smile. Now all they need is a little more of your time. Make a difference in your child's life, because anyone can be a father. It takes time to be a dad. And welcome back to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. Thank you for being here. See, that wasn't bad. That was just a 30-second commercial. Don't worry about it. And we're talking with Janine Early. She's an actor, as and she's doing a play right now in Woodville, Washington, uh, with the Heart, is it the Heart Association, Heart Group? Heart Repertory Theater. Heart Repertory Theater. And um, uh, Yalmer's been on the show, and he's a wonderful man, and, and everybody works so hard at community theater. But before I forget... I wanted to mention that when you're in improvisation or improvisational drama, you have to be able to listen. If you aren't listening, you cannot continue the conversation because you have to listen to what your counterpart says, and then you have to act on what they say, and it becomes a dialogue. But if you're not listening well, then you're not getting it, and then it becomes dysfunctional and doesn't work very well. Do you find that to be true? Oh my gosh, listening is the key to everything, not just improvisational um, theater. Uh, uh, it, it, it truly is the key. Uh, the audience knows, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're listening to each other, if you're acting off each other, um, your involvement in the scene, it, you, you really, it has to be, you know, real. You have to be living truthfully under imaginary circumstances. And you can't be living truthfully if you're not, if you're not listening, um, and 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 it is absolute key. And if it, it, one of the you know issues that can happen is something can get in your head if something goes awry on the stage, or let's say a cue is mixed up, or a sound cue, or a light cue, it can take you out of the moment for a minute. And it's just imperative that you stop that little voice in your head that says, "Oops, you know something just happened here," because it will just it will get you off track. Uh, so quickly and you've just got to get right back And the way I think I've been uh, taught and is or is most effective for me is just to get right back to that other character you're with put your focus on them because that's who you're listening to and that's who's going to keep you grounded one of the scariest things in theater is when one of the actors does what we call goes up meaning that they have forgotten the line or they give you a different line than what you are expecting because they might skip over one or because they, they just forget and it's human. Um, and that happens with human beings, which is why even when you are in a scripted play, you have to pay attention and you have to really listen to what's being said because if they say something and you say you're what you're supposed to say and it doesn't make any sense, 
the audience, you lose the audience at that point. You absolutely will, absolutely. And that's a particular challenge of the play that we're doing in Woodenville right now, Constellations by Nick Payne. And I'll just say that we run that on the weekends, Friday, Saturday nights, heartrep.org is where tickets can be bought. And we close on the 25th of February, that's a matinee. It's at the Grange is where we perform in Woodenville. And because of the nature of this play, as we've just previously discussed, uh, it, it does take a look at multiple versions of what could happen based on little choices, sometimes just the smallest choice of a character and their relationship to each other. And we have 60 scenes, just me and my acting partner, Tim Platt, 60 scenes that we go through at you know a clipped pace. There's no intermission. And some of those scenes repeat themselves, but for a word or a moment, um, we bring different intentions to each of those scenes or intentions will change during the course of a scene. The subject might, well, the subject is the same. Um, uh, it's kind of broken into pieces. They meet, they date, they uh, break up, they get back together again. Um, uh, but that, but it's just so very easy to get off track. The, the level of concentration and focus that is needed to to put this on its feet is really ha, has been a, a great and wonderful challenge for me if you haven't had the opportunity to do acting on stage 60 scenes with dialogue that is close to one another is really challenging <laughs> i'm exhausted <laughs> in a good way because <laughs> it's monday and you know we've been at this since we just opened last week you you practice the level of commitment. You and I talked about this a little bit before the show, Kevin. Um, the level of commitment of a community theater actor is, um, oh, it's it's so it's it's so wonderful. You know, professional actors. Um, I interned in the professional theater in college, and they it's a full time job for them. Uh, they get to work all day, and um, community actors go to their day jobs and you know uh, spend their evenings doing theater and uh, often have a lot less rehearsal time than professional actors and they they sacrifice a lot for the work they do and uh, their dedication to the community and bringing what what they bring is uh, it, it's it's sacred in my mind well and we're going to talk about that a great deal in the second half of the show because i think it's really important that everybody understand that community theater, these people are not paid, the director's not paid, the, uh, the stagehands in many cases are doing it for free and they're painting and they're organizing things and they're putting it all together. The musicians oftentimes are not getting paid. Um, so there is lots of people that aren't getting paid, but it's part of their passion. It's what they love to do with their off time. And it's a great way, if you've never done community theater, I highly recommend that you go and make yourself available to volunteer on any level. And you will see that the camaraderie of people that are working together for the common good of all and to put something on stage that is remarkable is, okay, I'll say it, remarkable. Don't you think? <laughs> oh, I definitely do. Uh, definitely, definitely. And, and, and community theater, uh, 
wants and accepts and reaches out to people with all types of skills and interest levels. And um, it's, it's, it can be just a home away from home for everyone who wants to put their time and attention there from, you know, painting to concessions to scene building, you know, just everything is available uh, to utilize skills. And, you know, I got to tell you, in, in these post-COVID days, there are lots of people who are lonely. Uh, they don't get out. Uh, they're, they're used to staying at home. They're a little bit scared. If you're a little older and this new flu that's out there and COVID that's out there, you might decide that you want to stay home quite a little bit. But if you can get out, it's, this is a great place to be uh, because you can develop friendships that can last a lifetime. Absolutely. Absolutely, Kevin. So I think I think it's important for us to all work together for the common good of all. And community theater is just one of those wonderful things because everybody, everybody knows what the deal is. We're here because we love it. And you're there because you love doing it and you love to be part of the team. It has nothing to do with money. In fact, I'm willing to say in a lot of cases, it costs you a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. It, it it certainly can. It doesn't have to, not to scare people off. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> have to. <laughs> um, but but it certainly it certainly can. Uh, but another another thing I love about about this is that it collapses socioeconomic borders that can exist between us as people in a community. You get sure. yeah, people from all backgrounds from uh you know uh doctors and people who who I, I i just all kinds of of levels of workers we have um a scene in constellations we do uh some american sign language as well in one of our scenes um we have a, a fella who he's also a theater i knew him as a theater person we've worked together but his his daytime job is as an asl translator and so he came in and worked with us on the ASL portion. My point being that these outside jobs that we all do, no matter how grandiose or not to suggest an ASL translator is mundane, I, that example just came to my mind. Those are skills that we can bring into the theater um, and that can have, we can really utilize them um, maybe in ways that you know, in professional theater, you don't even ha you, you don't have that element because you've, you're all professional theater people, acting, singing, dancing, that that kind of thing. But as community theater people, the skill set, the experiences that we bring as we all walk into the room together can be immeasurable. We're talking with Janine Early. She's the star of the production that's going on in Woodville, Washington with the Heart Repertory Theater. And uh, that's at the Armory there. Is that, did, did that right? Did... Uh, no, it's a, it's at the Grange, the Sammamish Valley Grange. I knew I would get one. The Armory Grange, uh, you know, they're kind of the same. So okay. uh, for me, in, in any event, <laughs> we're going to continue this and we're going to talk more about uh, the state of community theater in America and why we as a people should embrace it more so than we are now. Um, you're listening to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald, and we'll be right back after this station break. 
You're listening to Brushwood Media Network, the best in syndicated talk, news, and entertainment shows. A lifetime of savings can disappear overnight. Millions of dollars are stolen every day from unsuspecting older adults by family members, caregivers, and trusted professionals. If you suspect financial exploitation, call the Elder Care Locator at 1-800-677-1116 or go online to the National Adult Protective Services Association to be connected with help in your area. And welcome back, everybody, to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. And I do have to say, I'd like to comment on that last commercial because I'm now qualifying as an elder a little bit. And I just want to make sure that everybody knows that you never never buy anything over the phone necessarily unless you know exactly what you're doing and, and stuff. And be very careful because everybody wants your money. And uh, you need that money more than anybody else. So in any event, we're talking with Janine. Early, she is uh, an actor and um, a really nice lady that is doing this now. How does your what does your family think of you taking all the time to do memorizing sixty scenes and having the dialogue just that precise is very very difficult to do. So you must be you know I'm making dinner and I'm reciting lines and I'm doing all those things that you know you're putting kids to bed and you're reciting lines and your husband's watching tv and you're reciting lines it's kind of one of those things isn't it well i i just am a very fortunate person um my husband is a hundred percent plus um supportive of what i do he runs lines with me when i ask him to uh he would come to every single one of the shows that i'm in um if 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 he could, we have a, an aging dog now, <laughs> and for both of us to be away from him for too long it isn't isn't an okay thing. But um, he would do that. And then I have um, I have a couple of grandkids and and my daughter and her husband, and they come to my shows and are wonderfully supportive. Um, so I just I have I, I just couldn't be in a better position in my life. It's just awesome so it's kind of like a family thing a family get together thing hey mom's in the show let's go yeah they they i they really support it my granddaughter will will tease me a little bit i think my grandson just loves it because he's such a sensitive guy and um uh he just likes that his 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 grandma isn't like 100 years old <laughs> and is still active um and my and my granddaughter just, you know, te teases me about the stuff she sees me do on stage, which is really fun. She's run lines with me before too. She's eight years old, and, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's been a kick. I will tell you that I know for a fact that uh, your children will and your grandchildren will cherish the moments that they get to see you on stage because it doesn't happen for very many people, and also they're very proud of you. And they may tease you and and stuff, but they're 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 proud of you. And it's like that's my grandma. I I think that's true. I do. I do. My granddaughter asked me. I, I haven't invited them to this show because the subject matter is just uh, a little too adult. It's just out of their range. Right. But the show before this, 
um, uh, they saw. And my granddaughter said afterwards, how do I get VIP tickets? <laughs> and I'm like, VIP tickets? What, what, do you, what is it you want to do? And she said, I, I want to go backstage afterward. I want to meet the actors and look around back there. And I'm like, sweetheart, all you had to do was tell me. <laughs> Really? I'm like, yeah, you're a VIP every time you walk in a theater with me. <laughs> in the in the fun, has anybody ever asked you for your autograph? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they have. <laughs> They've sent um their their playbills back or um uh, the most recent thing I did before this was Calendar Girls at the Phoenix Theater. And that's one my granddaughter teases me a lot about because I used to, you know, it's if you're familiar with calendar girls, these older women in Britain decide to make a, a risque calendar to support their the leukemia society. And um, uh, lots of, um, of autograph requests for that one because we also sold calendars. And <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So people wanted their the autograph on the month that you were featured as. Yep, there's that my grandma in that negligee. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it sounds so funny. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the thing, the thing is, everybody becomes, you know, grandpa or grandpa at one point in time. So, you know, but I, I, I think what you what you're doing is is phenomenal. Do you take as much pride as I think you should take in what you do? Uh. What do you mean by pride? Just the fact that you are able to, at any age, able to get on stage and to entertain people and to make people happy. And there are some people who, let me see if I can explain this. There's some people who do are so natural at it. They don't believe how talented they actually are. And they kind of poo-poo it. And they kind of say, oh, that's easy but they don't realize and they don't take the amount of pride that they should take in who they really are. And that this is perhaps why they were put on the earth in the first place. And so they should treat it as a reverent thing with the talent that they have and what they bring, because it is so vital to all of us, well past the number of people who may come and listen to you or to watch you. Do you follow what I'm saying? I, I do. I do. I, I think I do. In fact, I you almost made me cry there. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they call me the Barbara Walters of the interview. <laughs> um, after yesterday's show, sometimes you you bring everything to it. It's it's hard work. It's hard work for everyone, really. I I haven't met anybody who personally who you know a, a robin williams type person or these things just come to but it, the people i know and hang out with it's just it's it's really hard work and 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 it's worth it for the end product and when you when you recognize that you've you've struck someone in a good way that someone has taken a thought or a feeling away from a show that you've been in that just you know just one person to know that it affected one person is so meaningful. After yesterday's show, we had a person go on to Yelp and write a review of the show. And it was it was terrific. It was a really impactful show for them. And they were really grateful for the work they did. And oh, it just made it all so worthwhile. 
and and that's really kind of what I mean by uh, do you appreciate who you really are? Because even though you, you because I know you get lost in it. I when I did Petruchio, I was lost in the character because it took so much and so many dials, so many pages of dialogue, and it's Shakespeare. You can't ad lib Shakespeare. It doesn't work. So you have to really, really work at it. And it wasn't until the end of the show, and it was the end of the last show, when um, I end up, or Petruchio ends up kissing Kate, and who now is uh, subservient, and how he, anyway. So he, at the end of the show, he kisses Kate, and and the audience applauded. And it was like, oh, that actually meant something to somebody. And they appreciated the effort that we put into it, and at the end of that, that made me very proud of all the work that we'd put in and all the things that we'd done and how we could actually impact somebody. You don't think about being on stage necessarily as being impactful, but if it's the right show or if it's the person's in the right place, it's like doing this show that I do. Somebody is going to be impacted by your appearance here, and they're going to go to the local community theater, and they're going to volunteer. Because they want to have the experience that we're talking about today. And it's vital for all of us to work together, to volunteer. And a lot of people think that you have to be, oh, some sort of talented person this way or that way to volunteer at a community theater. You can work the concession stand. Everybody sold burgers at one point or took cash or whatever. I mean, you you know, it's it's important. Um, by the way, we're talking with Janine Early. She's the star of the of the um, of the show that's going on in Woodenville, Washington, right now. It's Constellations. Uh, the author is Nick Payne. And uh, if you live in this area, I highly recommend that you go do it. It's going to be the next couple of weekends, and uh, so you can you. It would be fun for you to go and ask for Janine's autograph. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You'll get Tim's too. <laughs> exactly. We need to take a real quick break to the last break of the day. And I hope you'll stay with us. You're listening to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald on the Brushwood Media Network. Okay. So, Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's. Yep. And Josh, you're going to soccer, Dad. Soccer practice. Right. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know when I pick you both up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No. Yep. And my dorky dad hat, and I'm going to do my dad dance for all your friends. They'll love it! Seriously? Why? Because I like my short shorts. Of course, I could be talked out of it if you guys would just buckle up your seatbelts without giving me a hard time. It's important to get your kids to buckle up for safety, no matter what it takes. And sometimes, all it takes is your parental powers of persuasion. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What, what? No! Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. And welcome back to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. And we are just, I'm really enjoying this conversation with Janine. She is, she is really something and she's starring in a, in a show in Woodenville. For the next couple of weekends and uh but more importantly um she's also a great advocate for community theaters everywhere 
And there's, I think, now I don't know this because I haven't lived everywhere, but uh, Janine, in your experience, aren't there community theaters just like everywhere? Well, I sure hope so because they, I, I think community needs theater. Um, you know, we're storytellers as people. It, it bonds us together. Um, I, I mean, I, I, we have a lot of community theater in the Seattle area. That's for sure. And that's, that's, that's terrific. I think we're very fortunate in that regard. I've always thought, wouldn't it be interesting to do a documentary on community theater in this area and just meet some of the people who have been here for a long time, meet some of the people who have moved here for the purpose of involving themselves in this community theater scene to see you know how it's changed over the last 30 or so years because we do have have so much of it but um yeah i think it's i think it's just integral to a healthy community health uh, community theater and it's a way for and you're right seattle is kind of a hub we've got a, we've got a lot of community theater here but there again community theater is expensive to operate and so it's important that people volunteer there and support the work. Uh, there's, there's a gentleman by the name of Mr. Anderson that I don't know, and he's been around for a long time. He was, he was a director of, of drama in like it's high school level. And he did a lot of different um, work like that. He's now semi-retired and this is how he chooses to spend that time is developing heart repertory theater. And there's no money in it. There's a, he's he's doing it out of the goodness of his heart. He's putting the shows together. You're doing it out of the goodness of your heart because you love it and it's your passion. It really is important for you, but it's also important for the other volunteers and the sense of camaraderie and community. And it can be a real game changer as far as your community goes, I think. I, I think so too. And no, people don't do it. They absolutely don't get into it to make any money. That's for sure. Um, boy, actors and 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 I think theaters when they can, if they can, however they can, should strive to pay their actors some sort of a stipend. Um, stage managers, um, some crew get a, a little bit of money. They can be sometimes difficult. There's such challenging jobs to fill require a lot of time and a lot of dedication and um, uh, these kind of, you know, um, management jobs at, at that level in the community theater. Uh, and sometimes actors don't get paid um, any sort of a stipend. And by a stipend, I mean 100, 200 bucks for your um, two, three months of work just to help kind of with your gas costs, you know, and, and things like that. And so Heart Repertory does give a stipend to their actors. Um, and I don't know how I got off on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the thing is, is that if everybody, if, and it's, you, we're not talking about any money here. We're talking about, okay, you're going to, you're going to spend, okay, let me get, let me ask an example. I know how many hours it almost cost me the relationship at the time. I know how many hours I spent learning having her run the lines with me of Petruccio. how many hours do you think prior to getting on stage to do this production how many hours including you know 
a rehearsal time and blocking and all of the stuff that you got to do. How many hours do you think you spent to put this together? Oh, golly. Um, I would say, oh, that's, gosh, it's, you know, it's, that's a, it's a really tough question. On this particular play, we started really early on just reading the play together, the actor and my, my scene partner and myself, um, and, 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 and looking at it and dissecting it and kind of moving it around and, and before we actually got into the rehearsal room with Yelmer, um, oh golly, maybe five hundred. Yeah, I, I, I would. Th I would think, in, in a, and not to mention the times that you were thinking about it, and just you know, you picked up the script while you were making dinner, and that and that kind of thing. I, I would think five hundred dollars. Five hundred hours would be a conservative estimate. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. It probably is a conservative estimate. And when I was talking about stipends, that's for the entirety of your work on it. You know, exactly. a hundred bucks. It's not like a week or anything. It's for the entirety of your of your effort. Um, yeah, yeah, five hundred might be a conservative guess. But I, and I did want to mention for those of you who think that actors are. Um, self-centered and well-paid and and they make a million dollars and all that kind of stuff that's just not the case the percentage of actors even in the screen actors guild who actually make a living is like five percent would that be right uh, that 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 sounds right to me it sounds right to me i i've yeah it's really hard yeah yeah it is which is why you have to have a passion for it yeah. Yeah. It's interesting uh, when friends who aren't theater people come to see the work and uh, they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, how 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 can you do this? How it must have taken so much time. And I mean, they're just they 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 just can't imagine fitting anything like that into their lives or and and it's because, well, you know, they don't have a passion for it. <laughs> it that's really what it takes. I have a friend of mine that uh, we did uh, theater way back in 1980. And was it 80, 81? Right in there. And um, we did an improvisational theme, scene together. He was a grizzly bear. And what we had done, and they do this in, in improvisational acting class. They, they, they started out by saying, okay, go to the zoo, and I want you to pick an animal. And then you bring the uh, the animal here, and we and we want you to have us guess what that animal is. I chose a turtle, and he chose a grizzly bear. And so then then it it progressed to being um, one step up, and then a caricature, and then a real person that was like that. And so when we were at the character stage, character, the, uh, not the character, but the, uh, caricature, that's it. The caricature stage. Um, he, we did an improvisational scene with him being the grizzly bear and me being the turtle and the grizzly bear was going to fire the turtle because he was the boss and the turtle was his employee. And so we go through this, and we go through this in one of my funnest moments of my entire life. Uh, we go through it, and he says, and the grizzly's like, he's bigger than life, and he's, I'm going to fire you, and I, da, 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 da. And the, the turtle is 
demure and he's small and he wants to hide in his shell and uh and the grizzly bear says do you have anything to say for yourself and the turtle says you can't fire me i have a wife and three eggs at home <laughs> and the grizzly bear and the guy who was the acting as a grizzly bear, he goes, and, and he starts starts going off, and then the entire class busts up and starts laughing. And then he thought about what I had said, and that ended the scene. But um, <laughs> but now he, I tell that story to tell you that in uh, 2022, he graduated from Montana University with a degree in acting. Oh, good on him. So, and he's 60 something years old. So this has it. been the passion of his life. It has been, and if you ask him, he'll tell you, this has been the ride of a lifetime, the adventure of a lifetime, doing what he, he really wants to do. And yeah, was there some things that it cost him? Of course there are. But at the end of the day, he is accomplished what he wanted to do now he's acting in plays and he, he really it's it's a cool thing to watch somebody do that that is awesome truly awesome good so on it's, him. it's but it's like you your career is a lifetime in the making yeah 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 there's no no retirement from it one of my favorite uh stage actors her name is lois smith she's also a film actor i think she was in five easy pieces um, and she's, uh, she's still everywhere. I think she's in her eighties, um, on the stage and, and in films. And when she come, I had dinner with her once in the eighties, <laughs> seeing a friend of mine in New York. And so, um, and I saw her, uh, the once when I was in New York a couple of years ago, her play, she was on stage and I went to see her play, but they had a snowstorm in New York. One of the only times they shut down the stage, uh, but <laughs> on the night, uh, on the night she wasn't playing, she was going out to see a play, 80, yeah. 85 years old in New York in the snow. And I saw her on the street and she wouldn't remember me, but I'm just one of those people, you know, Lois Smith. Hello. Hi. We came to see your play. I'm so sorry we missed it. And, you know, she was just wonderful. Terrific, terrific person. Uh, so it's it's that's another neat thing about it, too, is that you just pursue it for your life. It, it and it's it's kind of like potato chips. You just you get started on it and you just can't stop. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> well, I remember the the moment um, when I was doing uh, uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Curtains were closed. It was a dinner theater, so there were three hundred people, and you could hear the the glasses clink and the and the the dishes being picked up and the silverware rattling and people, the, the low murmur of everybody uh, talking in the room and stuff. And then the lights go down, the music starts, everybody is quiet and every 300 people are waiting for the screen or for the uh, curtain to open and for you to say the first words that, that, and everybody's waiting with bated breath. It, there isn't, I, I guarantee you, I've been an athlete, I've been a boxer, I've been in front of people a lot. There is nothing that compares to that moment. I, I could not agree more. 
Absolutely. I don't think theater's going away. I had someone say that to me recently. Well, live theater, it's going to have its ending here. No, no, not ever, not ever. It, it is a piece of Americana that needs to continue because that is a great way of continuing our communities, especially in small towns and even in big towns like Seattle. I mean, we've got lots of diversity, but we don't spend enough time together. And community theater is a great way to do it. Yep, yep, yep. Couldn't agree more. It's, it's, I, Janine, I've had a wonderful time talking to you today. Likewise, likewise, truly. Thank you, Kevin. It was really fun. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you were here. And to, let's go over the information about the show again. Okay. Um, and it is going on. This is, you, you, if you're listening to this anytime other than February 2024, then disregard what you're about to hear. But if you're listening to it then and you're in the Seattle area, even if you can fly here, um, Janine, go ahead. Uh, the play is entitled Constellations by Nick Payne. This is the Heart Repertory Theater. And the play is being shown at the Sammamish Valley Grange Hall in Woodenville, Washington. And it is running for the next two weekends, closing on the 25th of February. And you are one of the stars. It's a two-person play. It and is. It is. It is really the, the concept of it is really interesting about multiple universes and how changing one phrase, one line, one moment in time can change everything. And I really honestly believe that to be the case in a lot of cases. So don't forget, say yes to life. And Janine, before we go, anything you'd like to add? Uh, no, no, it's, it's just been a great experience again. Thank you, Kevin. I have enjoyed it thoroughly, and I love talking to actors because I deep, deep seatedly I are one. <laughs> but you got to get back out there. <laughs> well, but you know, I spend so much time doing this, and this is an extension of that. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I can see that absolutely. And I just I thoroughly enjoy talking to people like you, and it's been great fun. So. Janine Early, thank you so much for being here. And you'll have to come back and we'll have to do this again. I would love it. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. And we'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because 